This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Agua. This is one of the more popular things you'll find in, in the media when you talk about, if you have a sibling story, it's often about birth order. But the research just, you know, comes out the other side and says birth order is is just a little bit important, not very much at all. Really? So the media well, hypes this and exaggerates it then. Interesting. It, it, wow. Exact, well, I am surprised exactly. that they would do that, doctor. <laughs> I, I'm really surprised, too. I've always looked up to the media, but there you go. Hi, I'm Rick Sanchez. It's the Rick Sanchez podcast where we try and give information that we can all use at the same time. You know, I always say this, and lately I think you guys get it. I, I learned as much as any of you will from all the conversations that we have. And, and this is an intimate personal conversation. My buddy uh, Scotty is uh, joining me today because we've been talking a lot lately about some of the things that are going on in the world. And, you know, we I, I like taking something in real life and then applying it to ourselves. And everything seems to be, and I don't know why this topic has taken off, because to be honest with you, it doesn't intrigue me as much as it intrigues maybe you. But nonetheless, I get it. This whole thing with you know, Princes William and Harry has everybody just thinking, oh, my God, how could this happen? I mean, family matters most when and we tend to protect it. Right. What the family? It, it matters the most when we protect it. And what happens when the family is not worth protecting because the family is a business? And in this case, that's what's happened. Right. I mean, they say, look, you always have to look out for your brothers. You always have to look out for your dad. You always have to look out for your mom. You always have to look out for your grandma, you know, right? That's what we're taught since we're kids, right? But what happens when those people are interfering with something bigger than your family, which is your business? Because in the case of the monarchy, it's yeah. not family. It's a freaking business. This is it. This is how they make their livelihood, right? So Prince William has chosen lately to protect his business, which is why he seems to be publicly announcing, right, that he gives a shit about his brother. And, and so has the king, their father, that dude named Charles, right? Which over there is kind of a big deal, but we over here in America, we look at it as just kind of an interesting family dynamic, right? Mm. So Harry, for his part, says, that, 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 you know, he's always been taught they have to keep a stiff upper lip and, you know, not say anything when people have rumors and report stuff about them. This is the way he grew up. Don't worry. The monarchy security and the media relations people will take care of it. So what's going on right now that we know? Well, Harry is saying, no, screw that. They're not taking care of it. In fact, they're, they're basically the ones who are putting out stories about me and my wife. So I hate those sons of bitches for what they're doing to me, right? He says, we're supposed to just shut up and let them take care of it. Well, they're not taking care of it. They're, they're actually coming after me. Can you imagine? 
Now, he's saying this about the security, but he's in in essence saying about his brother, William, the future king of England. As this whole thing plays out, fact is, the two now kind of hate each other. It's playing out in public. And by the way, they kind of have an advantage over the rest of us, right, when it comes to family, if you think about this. You see, it used to be, I I was just reading a great book this weekend that Scotty recommended to me, right, Scotty? Yep. What's it called? Excellent. Excellent. Uh, yeah. It's called the uh, the the end of the world is just the beginning. The end of the world uh, is just God. Great book. Yeah, tracking the, book, the uh, tracking the map of the end of globalism. I believe he is says the something in that book which I found fascinating because he takes you through history. Right? D- did you know? Of course, we know this, but we don't think about it. Why did people used to breed? Why did people used to have kids? Money. <laughs> They needed workers. Yeah. People would have lots of kids because they needed, they had a farm. Traditionally in America, you needed people to work the farms. And if you didn't have slaves, which, you know, that ended after a certain amount of time, and you couldn't afford to hire workers, you had had to breed. You didn't have kids because you enjoyed having sex. Well, maybe you did. Maybe it was two (laughs) things at once. Maybe it wasn't even for love. That was a byproduct of it, yeah. you, you, You needed kids. So you had to have offspring to work the land, to work the farm. And then that went away. And now we just have kids because I don't know. We just think we have to have kids. <laughs> it used to be we'd have four or five. The average, you know, to, to, just to sustain our economy in America, we yeah. need 2.1 children. Today, we don't even have that. Nope. So we need Mexicans, by the way, just in case some of you guys out there are taking notes. If we don't get if we don't get immigrants in this country, our economy is going to fall apart. You think inflation's bad. Wait till you see what could come after that, just as a side note, by the way. So anyway, in the old days, the reason you had children was to form a business relationship where the children would work together to work whatever business you had or work your farm or do everything else. So this is an advantage for William and Harry in that they were born into something they were supposed to work. It's their job to work the family mm-hmm. business. The family business is the monarchy, interestingly enough. And yet somehow they weren't able to do that. And now they're at each other's throats. It's interesting because most parents say we have kids. They don't really have to do anything for us. They don't. Us as immigrants do because our parents don't speak English. So I had to be the lawyer for my family and the accountant for my family. And I had to get the phone and talk to people when they called and wanted to talk to my mom or dad. And I'd talk to them. So in in essence, we have an advantage. But the average kid growing up in America today, what's his gig? Just your gig is to eat and grow up and then go off and do something, which has nothing to do with whatever the hell your parents do most of the time. Which is what makes it so different. So so maybe it's a different dynamic, but You know, this conversation we want to have today is very simply about how does your relationship with your siblings affect your life? And I I know it has in my life. And in many ways, and we might get into this a little bit because we've got an expert who knows a hell of a lot more than all of us about this, who's going to be joining us in just a second, who I'm going to introduce here. But I know for a lot of people today, and it has been this way for me, my relationship with my brother who was my best friend, changed with the advent of Fox News. Mm. I lost Mm. my relationship with my brother to Fox News because my brother, like many Americans, decided that 
Fox News was like going to church. I'm not saying Fox News is a cult. I'm just saying to some people, and by the way, same thing could happen with MSNBC or any other thing Absolutely. you watch. And just in his case, it happened to be Fox News. He became devoted to the idea that white people were being oppressed, that black people were whatever, lazy, that Latino people, we had to get rid of them and ship them back to Mexico or, you know, whatever. All this crap that you hear on Fox News, just like the crap you hear on MSNBC. I'm not trying to be partisan here, but there are people today in our society who come home and for four hours sit in front of the TV and watch that. And I know many of them might be your brothers or your sisters. And you kind of get a feel like, what happened? Mm -hmm. We used to get together and talk about life. And we used to tell jokes. And now everything is about those lazy whatevers. And Politics, that yeah. guy who's a moron who's in the president or Pelosi or this one <laughs> or that one or Trump or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you're like, why are we talking about this? Whatever happened to just getting together and drinking beer and playing basketball and being brothers? Has that happened with you, Scotty? I don't know. Is it did it did for a little bit with my older brother. Uh, he definitely got wrapped in the uh, flag, so to speak, for a little bit. Um, and, and we had a couple of heated conversations where it kind of changed the dynamic of our relationship for a while. I think just kind of me backing off of that, our relationship has been repaired a little bit. We just don't talk politics anymore. He knows where I stand. I know where he stands. And he doesn't feel the need to try to regurgitate it because I'm always going to swat him down because as many people now know, I am a fact checker. I do my research and I love when people bring things to me and then I get to throw it back in their face. It but, gives you, me, but why do you want to have a relationship with your brother where you're the where your relationship is based on you being the fact checker and he being the asserter? Who the fuck wants but that? It's, but it's only in, it's it's only in that lane. So we stay out of that lane now and I don't need to call him on his bullshit and he doesn't need to be like, yeah, did you see what Antifa did this week? Oh, this is what we become what is this, this, and, and yeah that's unfortunately that's you know but that's i love my brother still and that's not the only thing about him that you know so I, we've sidestepped those things we don't talk about it once in a while a jab because we're, we're both instigators but you know that's about it <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, did you see Biden this week? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like I on Tuesdays, Biden, I you need you. your fix. You need, I need to get into an argument with somebody. I think I'm going to call my brother. It's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there was many times where we'd get into arguments and I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm going to call you tomorrow. And I'd call him tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well, guess what I found out, Mr. Smart Guy. You know. Well, listen, what we're talking about, what Scotty just described and what I just described is our version. And there are many versions of this, by the way, yeah. of what is called a horizontal relationship, right? That's, you know, your relationship with your brother, your relationship with your sister, or your relationship maybe with your mom or dad who you aren't seeing eye to eye with, or you are seeing eye to eye with and everything is perfect. But there's no, it seems to me the, these relationships are more stressed today than probably they have been in a, in a very long time. I mean, I don't yeah. know. There, I guess I there were families. I've read that during the Civil War, there were families that had this because there were actually one brother would fight for the South and the other one would fight for the Union. I mean, so yeah. <laughs> they actually did battle. But uh, but this is a peculiar time in our country. And uh, it's not just that, but the whole idea of what is it about our siblingness? That's a word I just made up that uh, creates in many ways who we are. And, and how do we deal with it? How do we cope with it? How do we get better at it, perhaps? Um I want to introduce you to somebody now. His name is Dr. Mark Feinberg. He is uh, a researcher and a professor and a doctor at uh, Penn State uh, University. Good guy. 
And he can kind of take us through this conversation that seems to be perplexing so many Americans, including me and Scotty. So it's my pleasure to join, uh, to have you uh, uh, meet Dr. Uh, Mark Feinberg. Uh, hey, Doc, how are you, my friend? How are things? I'm doing, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on this show. This is really a great topic. Yeah, it's weird, about. isn't it? I mean, um, brothers and sisters since Cain and Abel have had issues uh, getting along, obviously, but it, it seems like there are some peculiar issues today. And maybe we should start there since we brought it up. I mean, I didn't plan to talk about this, but it came to my mind that my brother who recently passed, and I'm still hurt by the fact that I never came to terms with him on this, but for some reason, our relationship kind of suffered through the silo effect of our politics in America today. And maybe it was my fault. and Maybe it was his fault. Maybe it was both our faults. But God, I, I wish I could have him back and tell him that I wanted to have the same relationship with him toward the end that we had when we were young guys. But yeah. somehow it all got messed up and I feel shitty about it. I'm sorry yeah. to lay this on you, yeah, Doc. Well, but I'm sorry to, for your loss there. That's that's a really hard hard loss when you when you leave in a in a state of conflict and things are not resolved. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of siblings go the other way. They have a lot of conflict. Like my brother and I had a lot of rivalry when we were younger, and then later we were able to resolve and come closer for a while. So. It, it can go, the life trajectories can go both ways. But one of the things we know from research is that the best predictor of happiness and mental wellness in old age is the quality of your relationship with your sibling. Huh. And it's, uh, it's the longest relationship you have in your life. You, most, most siblings, when they're kids, spend more time with their sibling than with anybody else, friends, parents. And more, and and in the in our country, um, kids are more likely to grow up in a household with a sibling than they are to grow up in a household with a father. Wow! So the sibling relationship is just critical. It has. Uh, do you mind if I just keep going on here? No, I'm, please, no. I, everything you've said so far has been. I'm 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 nodding my head because I'm really uh, learning stuff. So keep going, sir. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bit. I, I'm a little bit on a soapbox around this because. As you mentioned, Cain and Abel, you think about the Bible, Jacob and Esau, um, you think about um, several, Joseph and his brothers. The Bible seemed to understand how critical um, sibling relationships were to the course of the rest of our life. Hmm. And now there's some research where we've documented this empirically, that your relationship with your brother or sister it influences so much. It influences anxiety, depression, substance use, academic well-being, um, romantic relationships, friendships. It influences your whole life almost maybe as much as your relationship with your parents. And Why? yet we Why? spend I, I, so I've got I've yeah. got to stop you and ask that's, amazing. that's a whole lot. Question. That's a whole lot to put on wow. one relationship. <laughs> Why is it so important? Yeah, a good question. Well, you think about your relationship with your brother. 
you grew up, I mean, there was probably an age difference, right? So yeah, there was he a little was uh, bit of a older. He was three years older. He was the firstborn and he got everything and I did. <laughs> so right away, there's power difference, there's jealousy, there's conflict, but you're learning about all that stuff. And you're learning also, hopefully, how to resolve those things with your brother. At the same time, you guys, you grew up, you were the only two people in the world that had the same perspective on your parents, on your yes. community. You shared so much on a day-to-day -day mm -hmm. level. Yes. So there are these two sides of those sibling relationships. I think that's why they're so intense. Wow. So, so and Scotty, I'll wow. let you get in here because I'm sure you're, I can hear you uh, breathing heavy back there, but <laughs> I hope it's nothing sexual, but. Um, <laughs> no, I'm blown away by what he's saying because it makes a lot of sense. With, you're right. With my brother, uh, sports. Love the same teams, cheered for the same teams, uh, love the same things to do, uh, thought the same in many ways. Our view of the world was very, very similar. Uh, our view of uh, my parents was 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 very, very similar, uh, except for the fact that because uh, he was the golden boy, he got away with everything and I didn't. My parents thought he was smarter. My parents thought he was more well-behaved. My parents thought he was the exemplary child. And uh, I was the ruffian, the not so good guy, the liar, the whatever. Uh, and and I always grew up kind of being uh, upset about that. And it affected my entire life. Post, uh, we grow up now. And now I'm the guy who goes on to be the famous uh, lead anchor at CNN, MSNBC. I make more money. I become more successful. And that thing we had when we were little where we shared perspectives is gone. Now we're two completely different person, polar opposites on, generally speaking, politics, philosophy, sociology, history, you name it. So what you just described took place in my life, for what it's worth. I'm not charging you for this. <laughs> but yes, and, and, and I think we focus so much in our society, in our therapy in our everywhere in the parent-child relationship and we just forget this whole area that's so important for all of us scotty do you have a similar did you did you relate at all to uh what dr feinberg just said no i did i see i have a weird child i had a little bit of a stranger childhood because my father had three children in his first marriage and then with my mother, I had myself and my younger sister. So my older brother, who is 14 years older than me, he kind of grew up in the house, but I didn't have that older brother kind of competitive nature that my sister had with me, for example. But everything you describe from the sports teams uh, to the relationships to what the, the way they acted was my little sister. She followed me around and she constantly lived in my shadow. Well, that, that's, a, uh, that's, a, that's an interesting question then. So, Scotty, are you saying you're, you're, which one was your biological brother or sister? My 100% my biological is my younger sister. My but, older siblings are half siblings. So I bet that that really plays into this. For so that's what I wanted to ask. What kind of thing do, do you see in these? Because that's not a broken household, but a second family, so to speak. We were all close, by the way. So I never looked at my older siblings as half siblings so to speak but they were adults right. i mean my 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 nephew yeah, but what's is the, one year i think the question is what what is the difference between a family where yes. the children are all biological and one where there are additives yes so we 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 could call that a blended family mm -hmm. sure step family yeah and and also you could have sibling relationships with cousins if you're growing up in the same household mm -hmm. 
or if you have a very close extended family. I know uh, Latinx families in our research, we talk about the cultural theme and strength of familism, um, where, where Latinos value family much more strongly than Yeah, la familia is everything, right. Yeah. So, well, the, uh, just a very basic thing is you share more of your genes with a 100% biological uh, sibling, right? Mm -hmm. And so we know that genes influence your personality and your traits. So you, you probably share more personality traits with a full 100% biological sibling than others. Yeah. But apart, uh, other than that, it's very idiosyncratic. It depends on every family and, and how the parents, you know, construct what, what that means for you and what it means to be a step or, or blended family. So it's, it's hard to generalize. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Here's the next question. Important question for people who are uh, always trying to figure out why their place in their family by birth order has affected them or maybe not affected them. So just as a general question. What is the right, effect of the, the, your birth order? If you're the firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn in your family, this is this is always this is one of the more popular things you'll find in in the media when you talk about if you have a sibling story, it's often about birth order. But the research just you know comes out the other side and says birth order is is just a little bit important, not very much at all. Really. So the media well, hypes this and exaggerates it then. Interesting. Wow. Well, I am exactly. surprised that they would do that, doctor. <laughs> I, I'm really surprised, too. I've always looked up to the media. But there you go. But can can I just say one one other thing sure. that I think is really important to, to talk about is aggression and violence. And there's more aggression and physical violence in sibling relationships than any other relationship in yes. the family. And my and a colleague of mine, probably I think the world's expert on uh, top expert. She just retired mm -hmm. on sibling relations. She tells this great story of being at a community pool, and a, a and a boy and a girl were pushing each other and hitting each other, and the adults around were starting to get up and like, what's going on there? <laughs> and then one said, "Oh, they're brother and sister," and everybody sat down. <laughs> and said, oh, okay. So you can beat so the shit out of somebody as long as they're related to you. It's okay. But otherwise yeah, you're brothers, going to jail. Just, yeah. Brothers, bro, that's brothers. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. going to fight. And we let yeah. them. And that has consequences over the life. Yeah. Huh. That, 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 that's interesting. So nothing to the birth order thing. I mean, the firstborn, I always felt like if you're born first, your parents are going to be more... I don't know. They want to give you a little more. That's their first time around. They're going to be more cautious. Second one is going to get a little less. Third one, yeah. hey, you're good. Whatever. Take care of yourself. <laughs> right? No? 
Well, you, you see, there's there's lots of different things that go into these things. But when we look at people's personalities, we look at how they turn out. The birth order has a very small influence. But but yes, like uh, older children, they get a little more when they're younger, but their parents are also new to it. So they're a little more insecure and they yeah. make a few more mistakes. So the first one, this colleague, Susan McHale, says is like the rough draft. Mm. <laughs> what about what about that. that thing I spoke to earlier, and 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 I hate turning this into you know the the Rick Sanchez saga, and I don't want to do that, but I, I don't think my case is that dissimilar from what's happening with others in America today. Uh, I I think we are probably more siloed than we've ever been. I think the sense of dislike between Americans in general, forget brothers and sisters, is, 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 is so vast right now that you can't help but think that it'll also cut into family relationships as well. So does your research seem to indicate that on the political sociological spectrum, there is this bifurcation between Americans and therefore that leads to situations like the one I explained with my brother? And, and how do you cope with that? What do you tell people? who see you on that? Yeah, that is such great questions that I have seen no research on it. So I, I don't want to tell you things that I'm just thinking because, yeah. you know, they're speculative. Um, but but I would say that because we have such complex relationships with our siblings, there's so many feelings of, be, you know, layers of betrayal and jealousy that the these conflicts that have just taken over America in the last decade, they find fertile ground between siblings. Um, typically what what the research world has focused on in adult siblings is how do we take care of the parents together? and how do the how does our childhood experiences and who was the golden boy and who was favored then play into fights and arguments about who's doing enough and who's taking care of the parents as they get older? Um, That's fascinating because, you know, and Scotty, you probably experienced this too. Um, as, as you get older, the thing that gels you with your siblings is the family causes. What are we going to do about mom? What are we going to do about grandma? How are we going to take care of this? Who's going to, you know, now you're suddenly divvying things up and paying for a nurse or talking about a home. These are all decisions that suddenly uh, can bring you back together to a place where you wouldn't have been maybe three, four or five years before. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, as you were saying that I was thinking about that, that that is sometimes the icebreaker to bring siblings that have grown apart over the years for whatever reason, it, it gives them a reason to kind of start communicating and that icebreaker, even though being kind of, business transactional in a way because it's something we have to talk about yeah. we have to talk what are we going to do about mom it does allow that kind of breakdown of that that standoffness and you start becoming you know because hmm. when you talk to it's like my sister i may not talk to my little sister for months on end but the minute i pick up the phone with her it was like we just had a conversation yesterday it doesn't make a difference if last yeah, time no, we spoke but, we were but, angry but I, think, at each other. I think what's happening here is it's funny because the professor was mentioning earlier and let's go back to him on this when you're young you and your siblings sit around sharing a world where the main topic of conversation is oftentimes your mom and dad. 
or your aunt right. and uncle or whatever, somebody else, adults, right? And then you grow up and you don't really live in that world or think about that. You're doing other stuff. And then you hit an age where it goes back to that. Yeah. Now it's like we have to have conversations about mom and dad again because they're getting old. And what are we going to do about the house? And what are we going to do about them? And, and dad passed away. And what are we going to what are we going to do with mom? And who's she going to live with? And suddenly it's it's funny. It's like the same topic becomes prevalent. No, Doc? Yeah, I think I think that's a, a good insight. And I think it puts us back into that childhood space of, you know, what's our relationship with each other and who's in control and who's going to make the decisions. And some some siblings over the life course have matured and learned how to do these things together or individually and then can do it together. And others have, you know, conflicts and struggles and continue. I mean, one of the things about human beings just in general, is if somebody says something nasty to you, what's your reaction? Your instant reaction is to be nasty back. If somebody says something nice to you, you'll probably be nice back. But the negativity is very reflexive. So in a sibling relationship where it's really intense, you know, one misperception or one negative jab starts a whole cycle. And I think that's that's what can come back later in life. Somebody's listening to us right now, and they're wondering, am I a bad person for not liking my sibling? I can't stand him. Um, he's He's a jerk. He's selfish. He's greedy. He's mean to me. And I don't like him, and I don't necessarily want to like him, and I don't want to talk to him. Does that make me a bad person? Do I have to like him? Yeah. You know, I think first, another thing about the sibling relationship that's unlike any other relationship in our life is we don't choose it. It's given to us. And then we deal with it for the rest of our life. Mm. Friends, you choose because you like them. And then if you have an argument, you don't like them anymore. You part ways, but you never live your leave your sibling mentally, even if you leave, you know, physically and, and in terms of That's communication. That's fascinating what you just said. You never leave, even if you leave. You're saying you never leave, even if you leave, you didn't really leave. That's what you just said. That's right. <laughs> and so if you, if you hate your sibling and you, and you don't like them as a person, that's going to stay with you. You can put distance there and make your life easier, but you still have this, you know, nagging thing in the back of your head, right? So what do you do? So what do you do? I don't know. You know, the life is not easy. Um, you, you, you try to forgive yourself, first of all, I think, and say, you know, I didn't choose this person. This is a difficult situation. And, and not be hard on yourself. And the second thing is, you say, like, you know, I, I have no choice. I have no alternative. I'm going to limit the amount of contact I have with them. And Try not to let things go off the rails, but a, a little ongoing contact is better than just complete distance, I think. Wow. You know, what we do with children when we, we've developed programs to help children in elementary school, well, they're still learning how to get along with people in general. What, when we bring them together with their sibling in, in a small group, and we get four pairs of siblings together in an elementary school, and there's so much chaos just with those eight kids. We need two group leaders. It's a lot of energy when you yeah. have siblings together. And what one of the things we try to convey and teach through the activities 
is to give them a sense that they're on the same team. And uh, even though they might have problems and they can figure out how to resolve them, just a very basic sense of being on the same team, I think, uh, can help. Like you might not like the other guy, uh, the, the point guard on your basketball team, huh. but you got to work with him, right? You're, you have the same goal. So that that's something that we try to convey to kids that they can take throughout their life. But but kids are malleable. Kids right. will say to their brother or sister, I hate you and I want you to die. And <laughs> a half hour later, they're playing and laughing and having a great time. How do we transfer mm -hmm. that to adulthood? Oh, gosh. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how to respond to that right away. But that's <laughs> one of the great things about childhood is you can realize I hate them and I love them at the same time. And, and when we can put that together, not just have the hate when we're adults, but also remember we have that deep bond. I think that can just remembering that can help. Well, what we're talking about is balance and compromise. And it's something we don't see today in politics. In many ways, we don't see it in business. We don't see it in many adult relationships, with, which is why the number of divorces is through the frickin' roof. Because, you know, uh, unlike me and my wife, people don't know how to have a good fight and then, you know, the next day make love. Uh, which is, I think, one of the greatest reasons in the world to, well, anyway, I'm getting a little personal here. Uh, <laughs> sorry. But I, I, think you're, I think you're right. <laughs> well, you know, that saying, charity begins at home. I think everything begins in those, the sibling relationship, your romantic relationship. And we can, and that's what I've been thinking about the last 10 years. If we can learn how to, you know, be a team at those levels, we can learn a little more how to be a team at the social and political level. Do you work wow. or see people who are CEOs or CFOs or CMOs or whatever people on the C-suites, corporate members, uh, board members, and you know, people who are uh, part of the establishment make decisions in this world. And when you talk to them, is 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 there is their sibling re childhood relationships uh, relevant to their level of or lack of success? Oh yeah, I I think so. And and what I think about are the the siblings of those famous. And, and top decision makers and how they must be feeling. Um, but there, there's so many examples of uh, sibling pairs, like you think of um, Whitey Bulger and his brother, um, who, who was on the opposite side, uh, hmm. Whitey Bulger, crime boss. Um, well, Ro Roger, Roger Clinton and Bill Clinton. One I'll was a right. crazy guy who went to jail and the other gun was the pre Billy Carter and Jimmy Carter. One's a drunk and one's a. Right. I mean, and um, Donald Trump and his brother who passed away oh, liver disease, yeah. probably due to alcoholism. alcoholism. Yeah. And Donald Trump is a teetotaler. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All these presidents have these funny brother issues. Yeah. It's crazy. What does that say? It's it, it's from top to bottom in our society. It's all of us. So I, I I really commend you for taking this on and you know thinking about William and Harry and and their story and how it applies to all of us. If what is the lesson? How do we you know aside from calling Doctor Mark 
Feinberg, who's one of the foremost experts on this topic because he's a guru and we may not be able to spend an hour with him or we might, you know. Uh, but how do we help ourselves without being too crazy about this to go into our past and use our experiences just from memory to help us understand who we are today and why we are that person? Yeah, that's such a good question, Rick. Um, you know, I think one thing people can do is just do a little writing and journaling um, and just about their childhood experiences and memories and just reflect on that. That's That's been shown to be very helpful. Um, so, you know, the, the instant response from somebody might be from me, from somebody like, like me might be, oh, find a therapist. But therapists don't get trained in sibling relationships. Hmm. So I, I think just a little reflection, conversation, talking to your friends, partner, making this a, a topic of conversation, because it's something we really don't spend time on. So it is good, though, right? You would think, Scotty, it is good to reflect. It's good to, whenever in my life I've tried to figure things out by going into my past, I've always had success and felt better as a result of it. And, but, here's the caveat, I've also feared it. I've also feared doing that for the sake of entering weirdness, whatever the hell that is. To me, it's like, Okay, that's a little weird. I just I need to live in the future. I've been taught by my parents move forward. Paralante, paralante, paralante. No mm, para atrás, yeah. right? So why am I thinking about shit that happened 20 years ago? What the hell does that have to do with today? We're, I mean, we're all product of our environments. It's as simple as that. Not I think. environment, so, past. There's a difference. But that's what that's where we come from. It's the environment that we are raised in, the the household, the the environment that was created to us by our parents, by the neighborhood, by what we saw in schools, and by looking past. I mean, just to kind of know where you're going. I, I'm a big believer personally, and to know where I'm going, I have to know where I came from. So if I know I, if I know I have issues with dealing with people because of something in my past, and I don't recognize that being from my past, then I will never be able to resolve that yeah, issue but yeah, moving but forward, yeah, I feel. But we're constantly if, also told the opposite, Scotty. Don't live in the past. Stop dwelling. It's not living in the regret, past. But there's regret a difference isn't good. There's a difference all that other between, stuff. Right? But I'm not saying live in the past. You can't live in the past. You can't let that dictate who you are today and the, 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 the issues that come to you. But you have to understand those things to know who you are and how you're going to deal with them. How would you deal with You know, that fight I got in with, with my little sister when we were younger over, over that toy. You know, how does that why does that now come into me when I'm trying to share with people, you know, that I work with or I'm doing how do these yeah. events and how do I handle them back then and how do I hold on to them? So, again, I think because of being a product of that past. Well, they do say this and I'll toss this to the professor as we uh, we're getting to the last part of the interview here. This is fascinating, by the way. I'm, I'm learning so much and thinking through it. You know, that 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 thing they always tell they tell young women when they're getting to marriage age, uh, see how a man deals with his mother and you'll understand how he's going to deal with you. In other words, get to know his mom and look at the relationship between him and his mom. And that'll tell you a lot about what kind of husband he's going to be. That's kind of like an old kind of wise tale thing that goes back probably thousands and thousands of years, but it's kind of saying the same thing to you. Right. It's, it's telling young ladies or, 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 you know, women in their 20s or whenever the heck women get married nowadays, you can learn a lot about a human being. 
by looking back to see what kind of relationship he's had with the people he's known. His horizontal relationships say a lot about him. That's probably what they're what that old wise tale is telling us, right, Doc? I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I think about this in my own life and my relationships with coworkers uh, reflect some of the dynamics I had with my brother and my sisters. And I think we can all think about these kinds of things. I mean, we're not going to put that into a job interview, obviously. So it's not <laughs> a, a helpful thing for an employer. But I, I think for ourselves to think about, oh, why am I getting in this battle with the coworker or my boss and so forth? Think about your sibs sometimes. That's fast. That's fascinating. Yeah. I recently caught myself getting angry about something that I should not have gotten angry about. and. It was having to do with horses. Uh, we have some horses here on the property. And some of the people who board their horses decided that they were going to put full coats and sweaters on them, like giant things, because they thought it was cold. And I'm thinking, we're in Miami, Florida. How cold can it get? I mean, you're crazy. And I and I saw them putting the coats on the horses and I wanted to, get, I wanted to go over there and take the coats off of them. And I was like, what are you doing? This is so stupid. You're a moron. What that, that, that. And I was going through all this in my mind and I was actually getting angry. And then I thought to myself, okay, it's their horse. It's none of your damn business. Why are you getting upset? Why are you trying to win a logical argument with someone who's already decided to do something? And when I was done, I started thinking, God, so I backed off, obviously, because I caught myself and said, what are you doing? And then I thought to myself, what is it in my past that made me had to come out here on a Sunday morning and win an argument with somebody who just wants to put a coat on a horse? I guess it was my arguments I constantly had with my brother. I don't know. It's fascinating, though, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Super. Thank you so much. This has been a really interesting conversation. <laughs> no, it's me. great, Doc. I really have appreciated having you on. Uh, you are a smart man. Is there anything you'd like to share with us so how people can, uh, if they wanted to reach out to you, contact you, is there a way they can do so? I know you 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 do, uh, I don't know if you do anything uh, with people directly, but if you do. I, I, I develop programs. We have programs for schools, for families. I mean, people can contact me at Penn State. My email is love at psu.edu, but um, I, I don't do one-on-one -on -one clinical no. work. No. Your, your email yeah. is love, L-O-V-E, at edu at PSU. At, 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 at PSU, Penn State University, psu.edu. .edu, right, right. Wow. Yeah, thanks a lot. Well, Dr. Mark Feinberg, you are a mensch. You're a cool guy. You're a good guy. You're, you. you seem like a, a, a decent, thoughtful man. And uh I appreciate uh, you taking time to join us. And, and Scotty, you're pretty good, too. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty and I have been friends for a long time. Sometimes I feel like we're kind of like related. We are um, kind of siblings in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> thanks oh, again, Doc. And my thanks to all of you. Thanks, Scotty. Thank, uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, thank uh, you for uh, being a part of this uh, conversation. You know, we call this thing the Rick Sanchez Podcast. It's part of Agua Media. And as we always like to say, Dale, adelante y vamos con todo. Agua. 